Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hey, Ben. Hi, Fernando and Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Want to thank everyone for the great responses of the last few episodes. Yeah. You all have been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You love me. So kind. We have a great episode today. We're going to talk about what's going on with Bruce's Beach. Ooh. No, it's mm-hmm. not about Bruce Valanche. Oh. Bruce's Beach. It's here in California. Mm-hmm. We'll tell the story of what happened in 1919, 1920 wow. uh, with a black family who had a beach, who owned a beach, until a bunch of people said, get out of here. Well, things might change, and it looks like they might have finally some uh, justice when it comes to that. So we'll talk about that. We'll also discuss what happens when you work from home and when you go to school from home. Mm -hmm. Man, there was this law that was passed in 2011, and we're going to discuss how they're using that law to surveil you in your home. And it is a bit creepy. A lot of students and a lot of people who work from home are feeling Oh, I don't know. Just slightly encroached upon. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But before we get to that and a few other tales as well, mm. let's start with a Florida story. Oh. Because why not? Of course. It's the Beautiful. ding dong of America. <laughs> and America's cock is strong. <laughs> Woo! Qualified immunity. We discussed that with with uh, Larry Lawton. With Larry Lawton, of course. Larry was a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Larry. And again, thank you for the response to that unbelievable episode, Larry Lawton. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it right now. There's a fella. His name is Dylan Shane Webb. He <laughs> thought that he had a First Amendment right to oh, yeah. free speech. He's a hero, I think. Turns out. Not in Florida. What? Mm. All of a sudden, Florida is pretending like it's not Florida. Mm. Ah. Cops get qualified immunity after jailing a Florida man because he had a bumper sticker that said, mm-hmm. I eat ass. <laughs> the, the, a man of the people. A man of the people. Yeah. A Florida man of the people. Of course. So cops saw this bumper sticker. They pulled him over and they're like, I'm sorry, sir. That's disgusting. You're not allowed to do that here in Florida. They detained him. They arrested him. The man later sued, claiming that it was a violation of his First Amendment rights to proclaim that indeed he likes to lick a buttocks, which is something that is 
fine to do. Right. Especially in Florida. Very safe. Absolutely. So it was in May of 2019, a Columbia County Sheriff's Deputy, Travis English, took exception to the bumper sticker. He uh, pulled him over and Dylan refused to, uh, Dylan Shane Webb, refused to cover up the bumper sticker. He's like, no, it's a bumper sticker, which for all intents and purposes, isn't it a meme? Yeah. It's yeah. just a meme just, that used to go. It's a, bumper stickers are just memes for your car. And before everyone had an Instagram page, their cars were covered mm, in bumper stickers. Yes, absolutely. You don't see them as much anymore. No. Because people have their Facebook and their wow. Insta. And so they get to express themselves there. But back in the day, the only way that you could have a billboard of expression was on your Pinto. Yeah. And it had to say <laughs> crazy, crazy things such as I eat ass. But also, if I'm looking for love. I want to know mm-hmm. what that person's willing to give me. Right. You put, <laughs> he's just putting out there. Again, he's just a man of the people, a hero saying what needs to be said. I eat ass. Right. So this officer pulls him over, Travis English, this bitch who doesn't eat ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that he does not speak for all Travises. <laughs> no, he does not. Good Lord almighty. So the officer pulls him over and he's like, yeah, for the bumper sticker. From that point on, the officer searches the mm, dude's of car, course, of tears course. it all apart. I'm looking for ass, sir. I need evidence. <laughs> yeah, we're like, let me see your tongue. Wait, wait, is that a fork and knife? Oh, right. my God. No, it's not literal. I am not a cannibal, sir. I was talking more about uh, anal cunnilingus. Okay. Anal-ingus, sir. All right. I'm sorry. I've never heard of that. You're Get coming out of your with car. me. Whap, 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 whap. Oh, no. He tears apart his car, and the reason that he was officially arrested was because, quote, he was resisting an Uh, officer's request, which, again, is such a horse shit law resisting (laughs) arrest as being the only crime a person commits. Therefore, an officer stops you for no reason. No reason. You say, why have you stopped me? You fillet your arms, as one will do when they're about to be handcuffed for no reason. You've resisted. And at that point, the billy clubs can come out. The mace can come out. Mm. Hopefully, they grab a taser and not the gun and shoot you in the freaking head. So this man is pulled over. And you can just imagine the guy is like, Stunt, right? Yes. Right. If I get pulled over in my car and the officer's like, don't like that bumper sticker, I hate the New York Knicks. I mean, that's what this is an extent. It doesn't <laughs> right. matter what this bumper sticker says. Yes. It could say anything. The fact that Travis English, this entitled asshole cop, took such offense to it right. that he had to go full on Karen, or dare I say Travis, <gasps> that he pulled no. over this car. And then the guy's like, what? That's right. why uh, I'm getting pulled over. And again, this is in Florida. Right. There are people doing crocodile right now right. and their limbs are falling off. <laughs> Go help the people in your state. You have a massive pandemic going on. Well, Every this is 2019, sing- 2019 pre-pandemic. That's true. When he was Eating ass o- was still a big public health concern. <laughs> that is very true. He was pulled over in 2019. The story is current because, of course, the officers were just ruled uh, to have qualified immunity and therefore the officer will not face any penalty for doing a mm. horrible job. When it comes to protecting the people of Florida, I want my law enforcement to be there to make sure that criminals are off the street. If a home invasion occurs, please show up and be nice to me and try to help me solve this crime. Right. I just don't need you pulling over the raddest dude in Florida (laughs) and making fun of him and then tormenting him and then detaining him because, again, a bumper sticker offended you. 
This is to me, but this is not serving and protecting. Again, not at this all. is this is not doing a, a job. A cop not doing his job. This is a cop. Oh, again, an overstep in his bounds. Right. Uh, very authoritarian. I'm not allowed to express my love of but you know butterlingus. <laughs> butterlingus. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and they mentioned in the article this is an extension of a Florida law that basically bans public profanity. So it's another one of those things where it's like you can let this thing go. Yeah. 80, 90% of the time. But then this one time officer, Travis, ugh, English, decides that I think I'm going to hit someone with this profanity law P- pretty much out of nowhere. Well, and that's why you have books like Three Felonies a Day. You have uh, all of these different stories, again, of people not knowing they're breaking the law. Right. When they're breaking the law because these laws, I'm going to say a word and I'm going to say it the way that I say it are vague yes Mm. they are vague they are broad and they can be uh called upon at the whim of whenever an officer has a hair up his butt or her butt right and they want to make a point so the charges that this man faced were later dropped uh the state attorney's office was like no this is the first amendment you can't do this he shouldn't have been pulled over in the first place however The U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Florida ruled this week that the case is not so cut and dry. Mm. They awarded qualified immunity to English and thus doomed a lawsuit by Webb because, of course, he was going to bring a lawsuit for violating his free speech and for the false arrest. This is according to Judge Marsha Morales. Loser. (laughs) She's no fun. She's never had her butt eaten. That's the problem. (laughs) This is what she has to say. She says, well, Webb denies the sticker was in fact obscene. In interviews, he repeatedly acknowledged the sexual nature of his sticker, which again is not illegal. (laughs) Sexual nature of a sticker. That Uh, if you don't talk about the First Amendment is not there for the P's and the Q's. Right. The First Amendment is there for when people say things and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Right. <laughs> but they're allowed to say it. Yes. I yeah. take offense to you calling this sexual. I think it's artistic, Ben. I yeah, completely absolutely. agree. Yeah. Bumper so, stickers are not sexual. Stamps. Now there's a sexual thing. You gotta <laughs> lick it to get it stuck. The judge's name is Marsha Morales Howard. Uh, this is what she says again in Web versus English. She says... Albeit couched as an attempted humor, showing that the notion that an erotic message was more than a hypothetical, it could be reasonably viewed as a Mm. predominant message being communicated. Mm. She added, which is, again, just a long uh, legal term for I didn't think it was funny. That's all she's saying. She goes on to say, if the sticker depicted a sexual act, it would be protected speech under the First Amendment only if it had serious literary, artistic, Mm -hmm. political, or scientific value. Wow. So there you go. It would only be protected under the First Amendment if it had serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value, which I am fairly certain means that no one should ever have speech again. Yeah. Because most of the time when we have conversations, it has zero artistic, political, (laughs) scientific, or literary value. Yeah, if she's banning free speech because she doesn't think it's funny, she should stay away from open mics nationwide. So this is a statute in Florida. Again, the irony is it's Florida. Somebody ate somebody else's face a couple years ago in Florida, (laughs) and they were sober. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he's on bath salts. No, he was not. What? He was no, totally he was sober. sober. The toxicology yep. report came back and he was sober. It's just Florida. <laughs> it's in oh, the air, no. y'all. The heat hits different out there. It was a statute. This is, uh, I mean, it's a number that no one's going to give a shit, but it's a Florida statute. It's 847.0112. Woohoo! Bingo. And this statute prohibits, quote, any sticker, decal, emblem, or other device attached to a motor vehicle containing obscene descriptions, photographs, or depictions. It's unconstitutional on its face, according to Eugene Volok, Volok, mm-hmm. who is a professor uh, of law at the University of California, Berkeley. It reminds me when I broke that law in Haddon, uh, New Jersey. You wore the dress. When I wore the dress for it. Mm-hmm. Lawbreaker. Anti- Check it out on YouTube. Now it's a sizzle that didn't go anywhere. Nobody <laughs> bought the show. It turns out it's a logistical nightmare to break laws for TV. <laughs> yes. But that law was just a sentence in a larger decency law or yeah. that provision was just a sentence in a larger decency and law. an old and outdated decency law of course but now of course we're looking at things like that that sentence like, like this in florida that sentence was men will not wet, dress in the way that a woman and women will not dress like men it was uh, like what does it even mean all right the whole thing so that was able to be expunged and off the record and off the books. And I think something very similar has to happen here in Florida. Right. Because, again, this is so basic 101 when it comes to freedom of expression, freedom of speech. And I would love to see Travis English's Facebook profile. <laughs> I mean, does he not have the little testicles on his truck? You sure, know, the, exactly. You the, know, ball, right. the balls exactly. on the back of the yeah. truck. Sure. Is yeah. that sexual? Yeah. I don't know. They're real realistic. Right. I get a, a little bit offended, honestly. Well, but you know, but wanna... I'm not gonna I'm not putting a jail a homie in jail for it. No, I would also yeah. I like to see when they put the fleshlight in the uh in the old uh, truck there, you <laughs> the know. In the right. It depends what kind of truck you want. Well you're allowed to have a truck with balls or a truck with a pussy. Okay. There you go. Well, there's two things legally that are on the line here, right? And he pointed it out there that uh, this law in Florida about the profanity on bumper stickers on a person's card that they own, that's their own private property, could possibly be unconstitutional in general. The wild thing is here on a qualified immunity, keep in mind, right? Larry Lawton talked to us about this. Qualified immunity is a, a protection that civil servants have when they are sued privately for doing their job incorrectly. And Mm -hmm. that is essentially what qualified immunity does. It protects them. If you were trying to do your job the best to your ability, you have that qualified immunity and therefore cannot get sued for doing your job wrong. Exactly. And now, of course, we're seeing qualified immunity be completely bastardized Mm -hmm. and completely misused in order to not just protect law enforcement from stupid lawsuits or from nefarious lawsuits or phony lawsuits, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Uh, It reminds me of the movie Friday where the guy falls down. He's like, I slipped, fall, slip and fall. (laughs) I understand bogus lawsuits occur. Right. Yeah. And that was the air quotes, I guess, point of qualified immunity. But now we're seeing it. It is not there to protect them from just bogus lawsuits uh, that were obviously a scam, scam lawsuits. But now it is being used to shield officers for wrongdoing, for wrongdoing. And from any amount of accountability, yes, which we desperately need in this country. When again, it comes to the militarized police that we constantly are confronting and forced to deal with. When people get pulled over nowadays, it is not 
a 1950s, 1960s sitcom version of police. Oh. It's very scary. And so you're this dude, you're driving, you got the bumper sticker that says, I eat ass. You got the <laughs> lights go off behind you. And I like, mean, it's scary as mm-hmm, hell, dude, because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, when you are confronted with police. And of course, in this case, the officer felt carte blanche to destroy the dude's car. And when they search your car, it is not a finesse project. They are not, they don't particularly care. They right. tear it apart. And uh, and then, of course, again, detaining this man only to later have the uh, the charges dropped because everyone with a rational mind was like, Officer Travis, English, you, sir, really need to look at Pornhub. <laughs> This uh, apparently this, uh, the, you know, this frivolous lawsuit uh, law is now protecting cops from blowing up innocent people's homes. Well, yeah, this is an interesting situation that occurred. Uh, uh, two dozen cops, they blew up an innocent person's home during a botched SWAT raid. Turns out they got the wrong house. Uh, yes. You're going to want to get the right one on that. Right. And th- these are situations where citizens could, in theory, sue to get a new house, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for any PTSD, any medical bills, any things like that. But qualified immunity is now, as you said, Ben, being bastardized. I mean, even Larry Lawton came on and he said, look, there are certain situations, you know, where you do need to protect cops from being sued like uh, sure. think of an extreme uh, example be like john mcclain seems to have a lot of collateral damage when he's involved in the diehard movies yes indeed so that's well, the situation one could argue perhaps he caused more damage but i think the same way about batman <laughs> right exactly. you look at this batman character mm-hmm. i'm starting to think he's blowing up our buildings more than bane there you go so in theory qualified immunity with john mcclain was trying to do his job and save the city from terrorists so you know a couple of blown up cars and things like that that's all covered. Well, and you make a great point. Um, well, not so much about the John McClain, McClain thing. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else right now. But you do make a great point about the lead into this story is funny, right? The right. I eat ass, exactly. you got bumpers, digger. Oh. But we also have to remember how serious it is when it comes to people monitoring police violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Denver cops, uh, they, uh, it is uh, apparently they also got qualified immunity. Um, when they forced a man to delete a video of them beating up a suspect. Oh, wow. So they were like, no, nah, the uh, the federal courts ruled in March uh, of, this, uh, of this year that, nope, it's okay, they have qualified immunity because though the officers were guilty of violating a man's rights, that right was, quote, not clearly established at the time. Yeah. So they couldn't figure out, like, what right were we, what right are we violating? <laughs> well, we can't figure it out, so let's just give everyone okay. qualified <laughs> immunity. This doctrine evidently does not solely apply to police. Apparently, college administrators at Arkansas State University received qualified immunity after hamstringing a student from recruiting for a conservative political advocacy group. The Supreme Court declined to hear that case, eliciting a scathing rebuke from Justice Clarence Thomas. Of course, Clarence Thomas, a scathing rebuke probably means a heavy sigh. (laughs) Anyway, uh, three weeks after Webb's arrest, um, the Supreme Court, they handed down this decision. And uh, again, this is uh, Judge Howard. She notes, as such, she wrote, as of the date of Webb's arrest, the right to be free from a retaliatory arrest was uh, that was otherwise supported by probable cause was not, again, clearly established. Mm. So they say it just that seems to be the term that they like to use. 
Right. When the cops break a bunch of laws. Yes. But they're yeah. like, but we don't know which ones. It wasn't clearly established. Right. And this is just another reason to end qualified immunity at a federal level as a Libertarian leaning Republicans and progressive Democrats tried to do when they tried to end qualified mm-hmm. immunity in 2020. Um, but that's the only way to do it at this point. Until then, it will continue to be bastardized and no one can eat ass. Oh, mm. even in Florida. <laughs> that's like the only place you should be doing it, I guess. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> it's a nice beach property. You know. <laughs> yeah. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Speaking of the uh, prison industrial complex and uh, the corrupt police state, Mm. Alabama, they are debating. No, not how to better treat their civilians. Nope. (laughs) They are debating how to use or if they should use $400 million in pandemic relief funds to build new prisons. There it is. It's a proposal from the state Republican leaders. Uh, They say it would save taxpayers a bunch of money, even though the money that is given to them by the federal government is tax dollars. Every damn cent is our tax dollars. So that is a typical lie. Lawmakers this past week are scheduled to begin a special session. They're focused on a $1.3 billion prison construction plan. It's going to build at least three new prisons and renovate others. When it comes to renovations, of course, that just means more surveillance and less civil liberties. The projects would be done in phases and funded with a $785 million bond issue, $150 million in general fund dollars, and $400 million from the state's $2.2 billion share of the American Rescue Plan funds. Man, I'm starting to think these female governors might not be as nice as some people thought they might be. It's Governor Kay Ivey. That's who is in charge there in Alabama, and she makes Newt Gingrich look, you know, like some kind of uh, sensitive bloke <laughs> yeah. because she is a bad bitch, dude. My God. I mean, well, you know, they're going to need more. Uh, she kind of prison- looks like Roy Moore. Yeah. Well, they're going to need more prison cells to put all these uh, people with bumper stickers to say that they eat ass. Uh. Absolutely. So Ivy goes on. This is what she has to say. She says, we don't have to borrow quite as much money and pay all that money back. Again, does Alabama need three new prisons and do they need to renovate the old ones? Perhaps they need to renovate the old ones. I'm not exactly sure on that, but I think it's safe to say three new prisons. What the, what is the point? Alabama, you have to fill those prisons. When you make them, Mm -hmm. you got to fill them. 
to fill them. You have to create situations where people break laws. And then, of course, they can go hang out in the beautiful resort town of an Alabama prison. Alabama is literally has led the country several times in COVID deaths and yeah. COVID infection rates. Yeah. So everything aside, why would you not care about the well-being? Of, why would you put money that is for that specific reason right. to, to keep people from dying and make it to make more prisons? It's who is paying your bills? Who is giving who is paying this senator's, you know, who is lining the senator's pocket that she is adamant about getting this passed? Oh, yeah. No, this is the prison industrial complex for absolutely. sure. It's got it's written all over it because you're absolutely right. That funding is literally supposed to help fight COVID. So That's you it. put it into hospitals. You can put it into exactly. health workers. And we're, so many exactly. things you can put it into. And what are we learning from Rikers Island? What have we learned from just jail in general? It's a super spreader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a COVID. Death, death it's a trap. death sentence. And mm-hmm. that's retirement homes are death sentences. Just ask Cuomo in New York, the former governor, of course, who spent uh, who sent 20,000 elderly people go uh, to die uh, because he didn't want to uh, appease a, a political adversary. So the Alabama prison construction calls for, again, three new prisons. That is at least a 4000 bed prison in Elmore County with enhanced space for medical and mental health care needs. Another at least 4,000 bed prisons uh, in Escambia County and a woman's prison, as well as renovations to existing facilities. So they even got the ladies' prison in there. 8,000 more people need to be incarcerated to fill those beds, and they will be. Right. They're going to find a way to get them in there. And also think about uh, all the hospital beds that are filling up, right, in in states like Alabama, where, like Fernando pointed out, the COVID rate is is very high. It's you very know, those 8,000 beds are going to be more useful for a hospital than a prison. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not to Kay Ivey. All right, then. Not to her political campaign. It's just so political. It's It's ridiculous. Republican Senator Greg Albatron. Uh, He chairs the uh, Senate General Fund Budget Committee, said legislative leaders are comfortable they can legally use the money for prison construction. Hmm. Uh, Albertron said part of the federal dollars are to replace revenue lost during the pandemic. He said that the pot of funds has many, many fewer restrictions on how it's used. Maybe they should put a few more restrictions on the billions of dollars the federal government gives to states. If the federal government is going to give them to states for COVID, they should be allocated again, as Travis said, for beds and hospitals, for healthcare, more free vaccines. At the time of this recording, Alabama currently outpaces foreign war casualties in deaths of COVID daily. Oh my God. So more people are dying of COVID in Alabama today Hmm. than died in, you know, a, some foreign wars. Oh, oh my gosh. So, oh my So we're God. not being crazy with our numbers or hyperbolic. Right. This is 100% serious. They, and why they, is it happening? Of because course. they're too focused on building prisons and monetizing human suffering. Oh. It's just unbelievable. You hear those stories and you're like, how? What? And then you have to realize it's nefarious. Yes. These people are getting kickbacks from the prison industrial complex. That's it. 
there's no civilian. I'm sure there are some psycho civilians who, if I don't break the law, I've got nothing to worry about until you get pulled over For, because you've got the wrong bumper sticker. Because you're an artist. Who knows? Whatever <laughs> it might be, whenever they want to, whenever they want to get you, they can get you. And now they're going to need to get you because they got eight thousand more prison beds they uh, got to fill to in order to fulfill the contracts that they're no doubt getting from again uh, the prison industrial complex. Um, Core Civic, Geo Group, those right, individuals, right, those right. entities that we talk about ad nauseum on this show. So you look at this as a civilian, you're like, what is the freaking political point of this? How does this help me? And then you realize it doesn't help me at all. Right. As a matter of fact, now I am going to be one of the potential new residents right. at the Alabama prison where I'll probably get COVID and die. It's a new lottery in Alabama. Y'all. And we know for <laughs> yeah. a fact they ain't going to be going and arresting and detaining people in the suburbs. Right, right. Watch out. I mean, I don't have to tell the black community of, of Alabama what <laughs> from right. predatory policing right. or lower-income white communities. Exactly. It's economic, you know, de- places yeah. that are devastated economically. People who don't maybe have the mental capacity or the financial ability to get lawyers. Right. People who rely at best on a public defender right. who are overstressed and overworked and exhausted people who I do think have good hearts. But at the end of the day, sometimes when you're a lawyer and you're making 50K a year, you have to quit and go work for Core Civic and Geo Group. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, this is, you know, it it completely compares to what we've been talking about with the Pentagon and all the contracts that go out to the corporations from the Pentagon. You know, every cent you just mentioned about the funding for this prison, that's going to go to a company to build said prison. Exactly. Right. And that largely, and as what we is pointed this? out with the Pentagon, it's usually those companies who are bribing or not bribing, it's legal, but doing campaign donations to the politicians to make it happen. A private company that probably isn't even in Alabama. It, you know, the employees, sure. it doesn't probably won't employ a lot of people from Alabama. They import a lot of people for these uh, construction jobs and, and private corporate yep. builds. So it's not even bringing money. It's not even bringing money. The right. Wayfair scandal that everyone talked about a few years ago where it's right. like you order a cabinet you get a kid i was like hmm, that's a strange way of adoption <laughs> right it's a strange way to adopt but those companies oftentimes the products that they sell us for cheap are made in prisons mm-hmm. so let's also not forget the slave right. labor aspect of this and again the people that are going to sit in those jail cells are going to be people who are already marginalized and already on the fringes of society and um it's just devastating to think that there are going to be 8,000 people basically now mandated by these corporate overlords yeah. to be incarcerated, not mm-hmm. to mention the women's prison, but of course, men uh, far more incarcerated. Um, so that's where the money is. That's where the big money is. Sure. Anyway, that just makes me, uh, it's just Alabama. I don't know. I love that song by Leonard Skeenert. Oh, yeah. But I mean, sometimes I think Alabama needs to uh, it's it, just just change a little bit. And they're just so we live in a country that is so obsessed with punishment, so obsessed with punishment. And there's so much money in it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where Beyonce is from? I mean, oh, come on. Right. Texas, right. Bama. You know, uh, this is uh, it ain't right. my heart goes out to you guys, please. Alabama. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, again, it's uh, it's so audacious. And such a slap in the face to people who are suffering. And uh, as, uh, again, Alabama has larger issues than the need for three more prisons. People often think the future 
innately leads to progress. Yeah. Mm. And my God, do we not see regression well, in many ways? It reminds me, again, of what Sina Ghaznavi has said about our criminal justice system, about our government the in plumbers. general. The plumbing versus the plumbers. The yeah. plumbing is good, right? But you got these plumbers, you know, you got a ridiculous law like in Florida about the profanity that gets put forward by backwards legislators. Then backwards cops have to interpret it yeah. backwardsly. And then it goes over to the judicial branch and <laughs> backwards judges have to enforce it. But even when that dude uh, that we talked about earlier, the man who likes to eat ass, uh, even that maybe what 48 hours in jail that keeps the system going mm -hmm. yeah. you got cooks you have uh, you know janitors ceos uh, not to mention i mean all of these companies that make bank phone companies ten dollars a freaking phone That's call right, yeah. you know ten dollars a minute and you're not even getting to jerk off it's not even a porno line <laughs> every all of the snack services yeah all the food i mean it's just insane and again the free labor uh, on top of that I want to come at it from another angle. Why wasn't the COVID money earmarked so that this never would have happened? You well, know? that's the that's right. the thing. Yeah, exactly. So they, because they, know, as again, I will say my word, mm -hmm. bag. It's broad. It's bag. And they just say, here's <laughs> 1.3 billion buck states. And for people or states who espouse states' rights, um, right. well, they should have really lived up to that and not taken it. But turns out, again, now the federal government is complicit in building more prisons right right i mean if i give you 20 bucks and you go out and buy a gun mm. as opposed to the mm. you know 20 sack i asked you to get me oh i guess uh <laughs> i don't know i mean that's I, irresponsible I, 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 it is it is irresponsible <laughs> it's also a cheap gun <laughs> i guess i don't have any control over what you do with it so i probably should have never given it to you in the first place well thank you and uh, i'll see you in alabama <laughs> <laughs> all right well I suppose this story, you know, I'm going to say this is a, let's talk about Gavin Newsom. Mm -hmm. Greasy Gavin. We were in Sacramento, and I have to say, he is surrounded by what he's created homeless. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, LA, we're Sacramento yes. is crazy, though, dude. Uh. Sacramento was, oh, and I love, oh, my God, the audience in Sacramento was incredible. Um, but there was some human defecation on the streets. Oh, uh, And uh, you would think that Gavin Newsom would, like, look around and be like, maybe I'm not doing the best job. But anyway... <laughs> I do, um, I agree with what he's doing here. Right. So there was a beachfront property uh, way back in the day. It was about 90 years ago, and it was owned by a black family. It was a property in uh, Manhattan Beach, and it was called Bruce's Beach. And they are now beginning to pave the way for legislation that would return Bruce's Beach to the Bruce family. So in 1912, the beachfront property at the Strand and 26th Street was purchased by Willa and Charles Bruce. They purchased it for 1200 bucks. Whoa, that's awesome. Yay. Good investment. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. They wanted to build a resort town specifically catering to black residents. Yay. However, uh, it being what it is, a large white populace straight up went full lynch mob basically they got you know as we know from episodes of south park you get a lot of white people together they took our jobs mm -hmm. we got ideas <laughs> and sometimes when white people start spitballing oh my god it's not <laughs> always out. great so because of this because this black family now owned a beach resort many members of the white community were upset so that led to acts of vandalism attacks on vehicles, attacks on the black visitors. And in 1920, they were actually attacked 
by the Ku Klux Klan. In 1929, the Manhattan Beach City Council seized the property, citing eminent domain. Again, another reminder of how uh, government overreach can be used however they want. And in this case, they wanted to use it to racially segregate a group of black people who had the audacity to try to live the American dream. So Senate Bill 796, it has just been approved by the California legislator earlier this month. It clears the way for Los Angeles County to return Bruce's Beach to the Bruce family. Now, this is because the family has sued. They claim that they were victims of racially motivated uh, abuse. They said it was a racially motivated removal campaign. Uh, the Bruces were eventually awarded some damages, as were other displaced families, but they were unable to reopen the resort anywhere else in town. Uh, the property was transferred to the state and then to L.A. County and is now used as a park as the L.A. County Lifeguard Training Center. So the park that sits on a portion of its seized lands has been uh, – it has a variety of names, uh, but it was not until 2006 that the city agreed to rename the park Bruce's Beach mm. in honor of the evicted family. I have no problem with this whatsoever. No, no. Um, I think that this family obviously was railroaded. They got completely screwed. And when we talk about, you know, kind of making up for sins of the past, mm-hmm. this is one of those fairly cut and dry things. Yeah. Where it's like it was illegally seized by the state. And before that, these people were tormented by a bunch of psychotic. I guess we can use the term domestic terrorists. Right. I yeah, suppose. they are. Yeah, you know, the Ku Klux Klan, right. it's about as terroristic group as you can possibly get. So this to me, um, this to me is a, is a good thing. I, I think this is important. Uh, this is a part of, we, you know, we talked about this with uh, Dante, Last Prisoner Project. Dante you guys remember? Reparations. Yeah. You know, uh, a this lot, is what it could look like. Yes, this exactly. Is right. this, is, like, yeah. this is steps towards that. And, uh, you know, I hate Newsom for a lot of the bad things he does, but this is a great step. And this yep. is hopefully setting a trend for this. Oh, yeah. And it, we give credit where credit is due on this show, as yeah. we always have. I mean, it would be a great trend to get started. I mean, Wilmington, North Carolina is another one that was absolutely devastating to the black community there. Um, I think that uh, happened in 1898. And, of course, the big one that uh, CNN was covering today, there's actually a survivor of the Tulsa. Mm. Um, right. And, I mean, this woman was explaining yes. planes. I mean, right. <clears throat> these white people had their own planes, and they were dropping fire onto the mm-hmm. entire uh, black area of Tulsa. So, yeah, absolutely. Save it for Vietnam. Exactly. So, yes, in terms of realistic reparations, wow. I remember you asked, Dante, that question, what do reparations actually look right. like? This is a perfect, logical, and like you said, yeah. cut and dry example. Absolutely. And they were completely railroaded and completely screwed. So, um, so right now, in part, uh, this law, this legislation, calls for the county treasurer and tax collector department to work with the county public administrator's office to determine Bruce's legal heirs. Uh, the county um, will also have to negotiate an agreement for the land transfer, one that eases the property tax burden on the descendants, of course, when they take possession. Because one of the ironies is when you go on shows like The Price is mm-hmm. Right, and you get the car, it's like, oh, wait a second, how much are the taxes on it <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it can be a blessing and a curse. Um, the Bruce family would also have the option to lease the land back to L.A. County, uh, who would then pay rent. So that might be what I would do. I would oh, just yeah. sit back and be like, all right, pay rent. <laughs> I would love 
to to have, to charge LA County rent. <laughs> oh right. yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> that would just make me like the happiest man ever. <laughs> Shoes ever. on the other foot now. I have to figure out if I'm part of the heirs. Am I, am I, is it possible? Am I have Bruce family? Is there any Germans in the Bruce family? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. Anyway, so that's kind of a uh, an interesting story again, as our nation um, continues the grand experiment that we are currently all little rats in. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. All right. Well, speaking of experiment, let's talk a little bit about what's going on now when it comes to remote learning and remote working Mm -hmm. in the context of surveillance. So we're hearing some stories now um, from students. Let's start Mm -hmm. with students who are just unnerved Mm. by the strange nature of the current state of education. So this is a a story here. This is coming in from The Verge. And they talk about a student who had a a situation. This is according to Jackson Hayes. He is a resident at the University of Arizona. He is a student there and living in the dorm rooms. This is what he says when it comes to just your everyday experience Mm. on a regular basis. So he opens up his laptop. He doesn't want to get Zoom, but he has to get Zoom. That's just the way it is. Um, There is no going about that. And again, when we talk about what happened over COVID, this is why the internet is a utility, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because if you're going to force everyone to have these things or or they're completely set back in society, then it is what it is. You know, you can't have a society where you force people to work from home and then you don't give them the thing that they need, which is internet access. Right. So he opens up his laptop. He's ready to take this exam. He says... A stranger intoned, hi. And then they said, my name is Sharath, and I will be your proctor today. Please confirm your name is Jackson and that you're about to take your 11.30 p.m. exam. It's a little bit late for an exam, but you know what? Everyone's schedule is different. (laughs) Uh, Jackson Hayes says, that's correct. Uh, Interestingly enough, the class that he had signed up for was Russian cinema history, which he is actually currently living, which is quite (laughs) interesting. Um, so they go on. Okay. In order to create his account, Hayes was required to upload a picture of his photo ID. He had to give his full name, email, and phone number, pretty banal stuff. But then it got weirder at the end. He typed his name again. And then at this point, it would store a biometric template of his keystrokes. Now this is where it gets really strange. He says the website is what he says, quote, jury rigged together. He says the website looked like it was built in 2008. Month mm-hmm. later, Hayes was preparing to take his first practice exam with an examity proctor watching him over Zoom. Now Hayes did not want to download Zoom, but again, he did. Sharath, that's the proctor, 
told Hayes to share his screen and then display both sides of his driver's license in the webcam's view. The proctor then says, I need to see your desk and workplace, and then goes on to say, please rotate your webcam 360 degrees so I can see the area around you. Hayes complied, and then it says, the proctor says, please take a step back and show me the entire desk. Uh, Then he had to know answers to security questions, and then Hayes says, why is all of this happening? Chrome thought one of the fields was a credit card and auto-filled all of his credit card information. Mm. And uh, it was just an extreme invasive process that I don't think people were prepared for. And I don't think people freaking wanted. We've been signing up for this on the back end. For example, you know, we've talked a little bit about my favorite thing ever, World of Warcraft. I hate it now, by the way. But my favorite thing, uh, World of Warcraft, certain programs, when you download them and you're playing them, they're actually monitoring what you're doing in the background to make sure you're not cheating. You know, so in addition to this guy being monitored on his webcam through Zoom, they're also on the back end. They're in your computer. They're seeing if you're using software that might be automatically Googling, you know, answers. So it's, it's there's layers to this right. because this is what the instructor told Hayes to do. Uh, they say, please open up your system preferences and click on the lock exactly. icon. The proctor then says, please enter your computer password. Uh, the proctor then entered a password using Hayes's computer and the test taken online through the examities portal. Sharath watched Hayes's work through his webcam the entire time. Hayes says, quote, I was like, holy shit, this is not Good. The University of Arizona is one of over 500 schools that have used Examity in some form. That's E-X-A-M-I-T-Y in some form. And it's not only a webcam proctoring service, but there are other schools who use similar live programs like ProctorU. These are automated services like ProctorTrack or plagiarism detection algorithms like Turnitin. And of course, uh, because of uh, coronavirus, this has become a massive business and uh, the CIO of Proctoria, he predicted that his service would increase value four to five times in value, four to five uh, times this year. Oh, so wow. again, there's a lot of money in the surveillance state, even when it comes to people paying a lot of money to go to school. Uh, and what's wrong with plagiarism? I mean, look at all of our leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They plagiarize everything. Joe Biden had to drop out of his presidential bid in '88 for plagiarism <laughs> and as this expands it's not going to be just a guy watching you on a webcam it's uh you know what they're doing with the eye tracking mm-hmm. where are your eyes are your eyes on the screen are your eyes looking at a book next to your you know is someone helping you next to the webcam wow. mm-hmm. so it's it's just it's a slippery slope and we're going down the hill fast oh, yes yeah. yes it is in 2018 2019 this is considered one of the fastest tech growths mm-hmm. when it comes to ed tech company um, they are uh, they're they're in Deloitte's Fast 500. At the beginning of 2019, the company estimated that it would uh, proctor over two million exams for higher education alone. Woo. So, Examity is uh, yeah, it's one of the fastest growing online proctoring services, and I right. just feel like <laughs> it is going to be. I don't, don't want to be crazy here. I just feel like there's room for a lot of abuse. Yeah. Such as a stalker knowing exactly where you live and everything in your house. Yeah. I mean, and also, when are they going to get their big hot government contract here from the military? Mm, Absolutely. Also, when are they going to get hacked and all of your information is going to be stolen? And then all your information is out there and then hackers are watching you. I mean, it's fascinating that on one end of tech, you know, like Apple is now 
basically made the legal argument that they can go through your phones in the name of looking for a child porn. And then they're basically creating this tool on the other end of the tech spectrum where anyone can get into your computer and look at you. And I just don't trust them one bit. But uh, interestingly enough, in 2006 at McLean High School uh, in Virginia, the students collected 1,900 signatures, or 1,100 signatures, rather, uh, for a petition against the school's required use of Turnitin. Mm. It's like if you, this is according to a student, he says, it's like if you searched every car in the parking lot or drug tested every student. Yeah. And that's the one nice thing about the new generation. Mm. They are really the heaviest surveilled. They don't remember a time without it. Right. And I think hopefully they will fight against it because... um, it's just unnerving, uncomfortable, and it's such an it's an invasion of privacy. Sure. And you know, obviously we've talked about it on this show, but anyone who's out there making the argument of, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not cheating on my test. I'm not it's more about like uh we like John Kiriaku pointed out, mm-hmm. it's your data. Mm-hmm. You're giving up your data. The, this gentleman here, he he entered all kinds of credit card information. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really just putting yourself more at risk. And and like we've talked about, from drones to phones, this is one of those invasive things. It reminds me of the book 1984, where the TV is literally watching them. You know, Georgia mm-hmm. Orwell seemed to call this one as well. According to Tashar, Ooh, mm-hmm. Tashar, that's the uh, he's a former uh, examity proctor who worked for the company from 2014 to 2015. Uh, he says. We closely watch the face of the student to see if there's something suspicious, like suspicious eye movements, or if the student is trying to mumble something to somebody else outside the room. They monitor one student at a time. It's a freaking test. You're trying to figure out. I mean, it's a test. Who cares? We don't need to have CIA techniques for your (laughs) stupid math 090 tests. All tests should be open book anyways. We should be testing for comprehension, not for memory retention. Right, right. And honestly, where was this technology when Jeffrey Tubin? was doing his work calls. That's Uh, the one time I could see this working. Proctors also continuously scan students' surroundings. According to to Shar, they say, if we see any kind of book, if I see somebody else there, there's a chance the student may copy. Each time a proctor sees a suspicious movement, they can raise a flag in Examity's system. After enough flags, Examity forwards the video to the student's instructor. Woof. Oh, my freaking Lord. Is this the society? How do you learn? How This is a great point, Fernando. How do you learn don't. when your eyes are being searched by a right. random stranger in the comforts of your own dorm room or home? And, of course, employees are having the exact exactly. same thing happen with employers watching everything that they do, making sure that they're online. Making sure they're not masturbating on the work call. Or making sure they are if you watch CNN (laughs) and you have to jerk off. It would be like Henry FaceTiming me. You know, and being like, what are you doing, Fernando? Right now, show me your eyes. Show me your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Henry, why? (laughs) It's just unbelievable. So anyway, that's another reminder that uh, these invasive social techniques now um, that are being utilized by big tech are a dangerous, dangerous precedent. And uh, yeah, I just don't want to live in a world where my child Mm -hmm. has to take an exam. Right. And people are going to judge him for having so many cheesy poofs by mm. his by his desk because he's nervous. Yeah. And when he's nervous, you know what kissels do? What do they do? We eat. Oh, mm. my. 
I saw Ben Kissel's son consume three Reuben sandwiches during this <laughs> test. They're, yeah, they're checking uh, your fingerprints for cheesy Dorito dust, <laughs> sir. According to Harold Lee, a security expert who has consulted for a number of large tech companies and is currently the vice president of ExpressVPN. We've heard that name before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about the dangers or... Uh, yeah, or, and, and so on and so forth. When it comes to examities, they say it's a huge security issue for students to be required to install third-party software mm-hmm. that they don't have the opportunity to meaningfully vet themselves and give a stranger full remote access to their computer. Lee says, at a minimum, it sets a bad precedent and establishes dangerous security habits. There's a reason you can't use Zoom if you work for the government. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Also, on the flip side of that, to harp on Facebook a little bit more, which seems to be one of the only bipartisan things in this country, (laughs) um, Facebook, as we all know, it's a database that is being mined by intelligence agencies. It's also being mined by police. So be very careful what you post on Facebook. It's not just your friends and stuff that are going to see it. It can be used against you. This is according to Eric Goldman, co-director of the High Tech Law Institute at Santa Clara. He says, if you post a photo to Facebook and make it available to the public at large, you should assume it's being grabbed by many people. The expansion of police surveillance is raising some serious concerns about its impact online when it comes to uh, privacy. So just again, be aware that you are the data that they rely on. Goldman goes on to say facial recognition technology can be extremely helpful and it can also be extremely problematic. He goes on in general, I don't think we want to portray facial recognition technology as bad all the time. I think we'll be losing something in that process, but we have to be cognizant of how easily misused it is. And that's the most important thing. Again, we do know I'm happy there are less serial killers now than ever before. Yes. We know that criminals get caught faster. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they should, because I prefer to have less people murdered. Oh, but I don't want minority reports. Exactly. I don't want them to. I don't want. Oh, he's cheated. Uh, you know, the, the exam proctor said he's cheated before. And he the Facebook says he's a liar. You know what? This guy's <laughs> going to commit a crime for sure, Ben. Well, I know a prison in Alabama that needs someone in that bed. Also, absolutely. Truly for cheating on a test. Mm-hmm. We heard him fart. We heard him fart. <laughs> he said he wanted to eat ass in his room <laughs> with his girlfriend taking a test. Put him in jail. Put him in jail. The facial recognition industry. Guess how much it's projected to be worth by 2024? Sounds like an investment. It probably, I'm probably invested in it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be billions with a B. Billions with a B, seven billion. Woo! With a B. It's a seven billion dollar industry by 2024. So that's only going up. Hmm. And again, that <laughs> is our face. Right. That they are making money off of. We literally have cartoon dollar signs. Yeah. On yeah. Our, on our eyeballs. Yeah. 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 Like we're a slot machine and we just got hit by Roger Rabbit. Which is, again, if Andrew Yang had any clout left, (laughs) we could still be talking more about a UBI. Right. He isn't the father of it. We have to keep fighting for UBI, everyone. That's true. It's it's a long, it's an idea that uh, time has come. Absolutely. Well, yeah. To be debated and discussed. They're not going to pay taxes at all. That's crazy. It is the answer to the tech future. How What happens (sighs) when people lose their jobs because robots replace them? Mm -hmm. Well, you create a system that doesn't disenfranchise those people. You create UBI. One uh, One of the businesses is Clearview AI. It's a New York company that sells access to its vast database. Yay. Isn't that cool? Hmm. Fun. 
They have 3 billion images. It's mined from public websites like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, they scrape the photos from the internet. It's uh, murky, to say the least, when it comes to legality. Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, and Twitter have sent Clearview cease and desist letters alleging that the company violated their terms. However, it has not yet been deemed illegal. It is illegal in Canada, Mm. but it is not illegal here. Clearview still maintains an extensive list of police clients. At least 10 federal agencies use Clearview's technology. That is according to a government watchdog report. Woof. They are watching. Yeah. Well, it's very similar to that Florida law. It's unconstitutional, but strangely enough, not illegal. Mm. You can make a lot of money doing unconstitutional things. Yeah, that's right. Come listen to Top Hat for your update on civil liberties abuses and stick around for the fun stock tips. <laughs> <laughs> According to Shabita Parthasarthi. Parthasarthi? I think I'm actually saying that right. Yeah, I think Maybe I'm it. not. I don't know. But uh, she is the director uh, at the University of Michigan Science, Technology, and Public Policy Program. She says, uh, when it comes to facial recognition mistakes, she says, we're only really hearing about the cases of misidentification that are being reported because uh, there are threats of lawsuits. I think it's probably happening much, much more frequently. And as we've talked about, uh, people of color tend to be the ones who are being misidentified, which can lead to you being incarcerated in one of the new jails in Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. She's right, though. It is uh, cockroaches in your kitchen with this. You know, the cockroaches you see are not the, there's a lot more under yeah. that cabinet. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. why I always leave a little food out for them. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> that was you doing that, eh? <laughs> it's a family. When you hear your family. Gabagool. Right. <laughs> well, just lastly, speaking of family, the Democrats. Joe Manchin is holding out. Of course, Joe Manchin, um, he has a massive responsibility to his state when it comes to coal. Sure. <laughs> because that's just his political future. Uh, right. So believe it or not, that sort of mm, butts heads with the green plans yes. that some of the progressive Democrats have when it comes to the infrastructure bill. So right. And reconciliation. And bill. reconciliation. Reconciliation, of course, uh, for the people who have been devastated uh, over the COVID pandemic and so on and so forth. Um, Joe Manchin, right now, the infrastructure reconciliation bill is $3.5 trillion. That's what the progressives want. That's what the progressives want. Yeah, and Joe Biden has signed on to that as well. According to some progressives, initially they wanted six. Uh, yes, Barbara Lee was on trillion. CNN today saying that uh, originally that's what the progressives wanted, a $6 trillion bill. They've brought it down to 3.5, and now I believe Joe Manchin's number that he says he should cap it is? $1.5 trillion. So oh it seems God. like there's some distance there. Yes. However, they have agreed to um, fund the government until December. Yes. And then we can have this fight just before It'll Christmas. It'll just happen again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Thanksgiving, when, you know, everyone's real pumped for any kind of debate. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Manchin proposes raising the corporate tax rate to 25%, the top tax rate on income to 39.6%, raising the capital gains tax to 28%, and says that any revenue from the bill exceeding $1.5 trillion will go to deficit reduction. Um, Senator Manchin does have a lot of leverage here. Oh, the yeah. Democrats are desperate for every vote. As we know, Mitchie McConnell is not giving them anything. Right. And as far as we know, currently, um, as of this recording, Joe Manchin is at least giving them numbers, giving them things that he likes. He's More actually than going, cinema. And that's the thing. Uh, uh, Senator Cinema from Arizona is apparently playing a little bit more vague, to use your yeah. term, hardball. Um, and uh, 
that's what progresses. We saw Katie Porter on uh, Don Lemon on mm-hmm. CNN last night, and Katie Porter called out cinema exactly. She was like, this is not a time to be cute. This is a time to show character. And at least Manchin, you know, to his credit, you know, Manchin, West Virginia used to be real democratic, like you said, when it was still Union coal country. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Robert Byrd days are over, and Joe Manchin is hanging on to what really should be a Republican Senate seat. It from West Virginia, but mm. he's a Democrat because he's just so known in West Virginia. So when he goes out there and says, I'm all for closing tax loopholes, I'm all for raising taxes on corporations and the wealthiest 1%, when he comes out there and says that, that's a victory yep. in, mm-hmm. in my eyes. But obviously, he disagrees on what should be spent down the line just because, again, you talk about it. Climate change, mm. uh, Joe's got some coal companies he's got to yes, take care of. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Again, it's uh, it's going to be a tight one. But hopefully they can get a compromise here. But we'll keep you up to date with that more as uh, as the votes come in and whenever they get the freaking vote. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I wish they felt this way about, you know, uh, bailing out banks or all those other things they do well, with money. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Bernie made a great point as far as like the tax cuts and all that stuff. The yes. billions of dollars, the Trump trillions tax of dollars cuts, that were given away. Yeah, it was $2 it's trillion dollars fiscally, in revenue. How is that fiscally conservative? I don't understand. Exactly. Well, and that's, it's not. That's, that's the, the point that Bernie made is yeah. when we talk about reconciliation, mm-hmm. reconciliation, the Democrats are trying to reconcile for the middle class the working class, the the lower people in poverty, mm-hmm. and uh, the <laughs> Republicans are very good at uh, taking care of the richest people. Yep, and the tax and cuts course, for them. You know, it's just very difficult because there's a lot of rich people on all sides there. Yes. in the old power game. Absolutely. But Nancy Pelosi was at the baseball game screaming on a flip phone. Oh, so that's don't worry fun. about it. Good. She's taking care of it. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you're doing well out there. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be with you next week. Okay, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Your business was humming, but. Now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete. And getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 